Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. under the lights there. <laughs> Glory to God. And hey, listen, before you have a seat, turn around, greet your neighbor. Go out of your way and shake somebody's hand tonight. God bless you, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be in God's house this evening. Amen. If you're here for the first time visiting us, I see some old friends. If you're here visiting us for the first time, on behalf of our, our lead pastor, Ruben Reyna, we welcome you. If you're tuned in this evening and you're watching us, amen, and you know what, share the link with somebody who wants to hear about Jesus, amen. How many, how many are happy that somebody shared Jesus with you? Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes you feel like, should I send it? Will they get mad at me? You'll never know. You never know who's, who's open, who's ready. Who's already seeds been planted, they, it's been watered, and you know what? You might just be that one that brings them to harvest and brings them to Jesus. Amen? But it's good to be in God's house tonight, and I have the honor of ministering tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. I know it's the time of season where everybody's getting ready for Thanksgiving. Amen? You can't go in the store. I mean, you go in in October, and they already got stuff for Christmas, so we're like... You know, here in the United States, man, we're just always advanced, but, you know, it's good to, Thanksgiving, you know, where you spend time with family, amen. I know uh, Thanksgiving is my wife's favorite holiday. She loves to cook all those, you know, all the years that we've had Thanksgiving together, and I still will not do yams and cranberries. You put it on my plate. It's on my plate every year. I'll move it around and she'll still push it back to the center and say, you you didn't touch this, amen. (laughs) But it's good, good to be around family, amen. Philippians, this this evening I want to minister on, uh, the title of my message is I on the prize, I on the prize. And you know, I was, uh, this uh, last few days, I was listening to a uh, a podcast, Uh, I'll I'll talk about that a little later, but I want to begin this evening by uh, is telling a little story about a farmer. He wanted to teach his son how to drive a tractor. He was a young kid. He was about 11 years old, and he was so excited because his dad was going to teach him how to drive the tractor, and, you know, they had acres and acres of, of farmland, and, and so he gave him all the instructions, and he said, son, what you do is when you get behind the wheel, he says, what you do is you look downfield, Look all the way down the field, he goes, and you focus on one thing, and you drive towards that. And the young kid gets behind the wheel of the tractor, his father starts it up, he starts to drive down the the field, and as he's going, his father sees him, man, he's just like, man, he's gleaming with excitement because his son is doing it. His son is driving, he's He's going, you know, and he's straight down the, down the field, and he's watching him. He's like about a quarter mile down the field, and all of a sudden, he starts to swerve off to the right. And he's like, what is he doing? 
He's, and then he starts to swerve off to the left, and he's, he's losing it. He jumps in the truck, and he drives all the way down the field. He says, son, you were doing so well. You were driving straight down the field. He says, I told you to focus on something. He says, dad, I did. But as I started to look down the field and I focused on something, I started driving down towards that. He says, the cow started to move. (laughs) So he started swaying all over the place. And what happens many times is as believers, we are focused on what we, God has called us to do. We have focused on where we want to be in our walk with God, but we lose focus and we start to sway to the left or to the right. And we lose our footing, we lose our place in in the kingdom of God. We lose what God is trying to do in our life. And I just want to bring out a little uh, uh, passage of scripture here where Paul is addressing this letter to the Philippian church and he's making it known to them. And he starts it off in chapter three, verse seven, he reads this. He says, but what things were going to gain me. These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them all rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained, for I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended. One thing I do, forgetting all the things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Pray with me tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Father, for the opportunity, Lord, to minister your word. Father, I pray, Lord God, that hearts are receptive, Father, that you have, Lord, stirred us up tonight. Father, your presence is known, Father God. Lord God, we pray, Lord, that you have your way tonight, Lord God, as you use me, Lord As I step aside, Lord, ask that you just use me, God, to minister this word. And that no flesh glory in your presence, Lord. I give you the glory, the praise, and all the honor in your son's blessed name. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the areas in our walk with God is we will all experience different levels. You know, when we all come to Jesus, we all come in different different, uh, forms. Some of us have come in broken. Some of us have come in and just, just to check it out, just to see what it's about, and God touches you. And some of us have literally had to be dragged in, amen? How many here were dragged in? That God says, you know what, come on, you, you enough. Get yourself into the house of God. But one of the areas that we must understand is that in our 
walk with God and in our pursuing the calling of God on our life is that we will encounter various uh, seasons in our life that we will all have to endure. Every one of us here will have an, a, a moment in our life where we are being tried, where we are being, where we are being persecuted, where we are being prepared for something greater. One person said it this way. He says, we cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. We have no control over what happens to us oftentimes. We have no control. Sometimes we could be having such a wonderful week and, man, you know what, man, I've gone through the whole week and no trials, man. My boss didn't get on my back. My, you know, my kids have been acting right and, you know, everything's going well. Boom. And all it takes is that one moment and everything falls apart. And you, that could be an opportunity for you to say, you know what, man, uh, man every, I, I knew everything was going so well. I knew I was expecting something. You ever have that day where you think, man, something, it's too good. Everything's too good. I, you know, you're even afraid to walk out. Should I call in sick? You know, should I ruin it? You know, we, we, we can come to those times, some, you know, where we could just say, you know what, everything is going so smoothly, I'm anticipating something's about to happen. And praise God for the moments that when they don't. You know, praise God for those moments, man, where it just goes smoothly, man. But, you know, we all have, like, sometimes like, where every day feels like Monday. Where every day feels like, man, you know what, I don't even want to get out of bed. You know, we, we, we will all have those things. So we can't direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. We can, when those moments happen, we can say, you know what, in spite of. In spite of the, the turmoil that I'm facing, in spite of the bad news that I've received, in spite of what has taken place, I can adjust the sails and say, you know what, God, I will continue to focus on you. Yeah. God, in, in spite of what's taking place, Lord, of the, the news that I've heard of, of how this person is acting or how things are taking place, God, I am keeping my eyes focused on you. Yes, and see, it's these times in this season from the month of October to February where the spike in anxiety takes place. The spike in depression takes place. That suicide is at the highest rate in these next few months. Because these are the seasons where we miss our loved ones, where we miss being around the gathering of the families. And we miss and as we grow older, we, the family starts to thin out. Children start to do their own celebrations and, and, you know, no longer, you remember the days when you used to have those huge family gatherings and then something takes place and it's no longer the same, no longer the same. So I want to briefly unpack the Bible formula for keeping our eyes fixed on the prize and what the objective is of, of what is to take place. There are three areas that I want to pull out of this chapter. The first one is, is to forget what lies behind. See, it's easy to be said to forget what took place, but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. What we must understand is that Paul is not telling us to forget the past. He is telling us to not to live in the past. See, we could forget the past, but many times people don't leave the past. They always constantly have to refer to this. I found this interesting, and I want to read it. It says, forget who hurt you yesterday, but love, but don't forget those who love you every day. 
Forget the past that makes you cry and focus on the present that makes you smile. Forget the pain, but never forget the lesson you gained. See, in your turmoil, in your pain are lessons. Where God is teaching us, God is, is, is molding us, and there's a process in your walk with God where you are going to benefit from it. See, you and I, sometimes some of the stuff that takes place in, in our walk is that we don't ask for it. I mean, there's times, man, where I just say, like, man, again, God? Again? And there's moments where I have that break where I just say, you know what, Lord, thank you, Jesus. But I know that a brother or a sister of mine is going through something. And this is an opportunity for you and I to lock arms with the family of God and support one another, to lift up one another in prayer. I don't need to know all the details of, 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 the, of what's taking place. All I just need to know is, is that you need prayer. That's it. God will do the rest. You know, you got to be careful oftentimes who you tell you all your stuff to. You know, the sister La Opinion, that, that you know, they, they, you know, Us Magazine got nothing on her. She knows everything. And there's brother, there's brother's Opinion too. Amen. But they, it's different now because now they're Christian. Now they call it sharing. I'm sharing. <laughs> but there are some signs that you and I are still living in the past instead of focusing on our present. One of the first signs is, is that you and I resist change. How many here like change? How many, how many take change slowly? You know, because God, God oftentimes wants to do some radical things in your life, and he wants to remove things radically, but sometimes we just want to hold on to it just a little too long. Sometimes we're like, we're not ready to let it go. We're not ready to, you know what, uh, accept what God is offering, and, it, and we struggle with that. People who live in the past find it difficult to accept and embrace change. They are holding onto their well-established routines, their familiar places, and the people they've known for ages. And they simply don't want to grow and leave their comfort zones. They want things to remain the same. They don't want to change. Where God says, you know what, There's, this is an area in your life that I need you to give to me. See, God won't take it. He's, he's wanting you to give it. See, when we give it over to God, God will give us something better. God will give us something. There's always that exchange. And Isaiah talks about the garment of heaviness. That when you give him the garment of heaviness, he will give you the garment of peace and joy. That when you exchange these things with God, that God will give you something better. See, one of the areas as us men is oftentimes we want to hold on to is our pride. Why? Because that's our image. That's our image. It's, it's how people know you. You don't want them to know you as that soft individual, that person who turns the other cheek quickly, that person who's just willing to talk things out instead of slugging things out. See, God is looking to take these things in our life to do that exchange, that miraculous exchange, but many times it's us unwilling to come to the altar and say, God, take this from me. And God's pulling at it. God is pulling at it. God is dealing with you in the messages, in the word of God. 
See, what does not challenge you will not change you. If you are not being challenged, you are not being changed. And many times what happens is that we stay stuck in the same place for the longest of time because we're unwilling to change the things that God is challenging us to. God is saying, look, I want you to give this to me. I want you to trust in me. I want you to learn how to love, learn how to forgive. But many times we have so many battle scars that we're unwilling to let our guard down because we've been hurt. We've been lied to. We've been, you know what, uh, sometimes you ever give, man, uh, you want some, something so bad for somebody, but they don't want it for themselves. You know, I remember this one time I went to pick up this one fella. He wanted to go into the home. Went to go pick him up. His wife answers the door. She says, oh, he's going to jump in the shower. I'm getting his clothes ready. And I was all excited. Man, I said, you know what? I'll be back. I'm going to go to the burger stand next door and get him a breakfast burrito and this and all that. And I knock on the door. The door opens and the burrito came out of my hand and the door closed. I'm like, okay. So I waited and waited. And, and then finally she had the nerve and she came up to says, you know what? He jumped out the window. And he took the burrito with him. <laughs> I wanted it for him so bad. But he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. And see, some of us here tonight, we have come into a place where, you know what? God had dealt with us for, with an issue for years, months even sometimes. And we held on to it so dearly. We caress it. We nurture it. And we love it. And we don't want to let go. We don't want the change because we have an image to hold up. We know what the scripture says about images. We can't put them before God. Who you are and who you were is not important. Who God wants you to be is important. So we resist change. See, one of the things that I want to stress tonight is that I'm not minimizing painful past. Because I know that there are some people in the house of God who've suffered some serious traumas. And I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. At some level, this is the reality for everyone because we are a broken people living in a broken world with other broken people. And many times hurt people hurt people. But what I've learned is that healed people can help heal people. You and I this evening have the ability to share the love of God with broken people. And then, you know what, there are some times where you could look at an individual and you could see the glory of God all over them and what God has done in their life and how God has transformed a heart. And I love to see it like if you're standing back there and, and, and during worship and you could look out into the congregation and you could see an individual just tears flowing. Hallelujah. Tears are flowing and then their hands are raised and, and they're, they're connecting with God and maybe, maybe they're reflecting on where God brought them from. Or maybe they're reflecting on where they were a year in the past. Where are they? 
And you see when God is doing that transformation and you see that change and they're allowing God to change them in these areas. That's when we know that we are yielding to what God is trying to do in our life. Another area is, is you resist change and you are often nostalgic. You ever been around nostalgic people? How all they want to talk about is the old days. The old days. And sometimes I catch myself, like when I'm a, around a group of family members and we talk about what it was like in the 80s or what it was like in the late 70s, and, and that was the generation that I grew up in. And, and, and it was a beautiful generation when I grew up. And, in, and, and the things that, that we were doing in, in the kingdom of God back in, back in, the, in Norwalk in the old days with, when God was moving and, and we had a congregation of 900 to 1,000 people and we were hitting the streets and we were doing, seeing God do great things. And we talk about those days, but you know what? God has is, God is not changed. God is, not, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that was doing things in the 70s and 80s, 2,000 years ago, is doing the same things today. Amen. See, what changes oftentimes is the people of God don't want to conform to what God is trying to do in the church. See, God, I believe, is calling his people to a, a place of prayer, a place of repentance, through with the prosperity preaching, through with all the nonsense that is going on, and we focus on God. And God alone, and God will bring a revival. See, we want fire, but nobody wants to be the wood. Nobody wants to do the sacrifice. Nobody wants to spend the time in prayer. Nobody wants to be that vessel that God can use in these last days. We all want to sit back and let the pastor do this. Let the leaders do this. God has called us all as the body of Christ to come together in agreement and in unity and stand behind our pastors and say, you know what, pastor, we got this. We got this, pastor. We're going to do this. We're going to see God do great things in this city. Do you know what? There is many people throughout this community who are hurting and waiting for somebody to let them know that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has a better plan for them. I don't got religion to give you people. I don't got none of that. All I know is Jesus, and Jesus can transform a life. Jesus can transform a heart. And if that's the message you got, you can do great things in the kingdom of God. You don't need big words. Paul says, look it, I don't come, but I lift up the name of Jesus. And when I lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all men onto himself. And we can do it, people. We can do it, man, but we need to get out of that comfort zone and be willing to change. Willing to change. See, if we're experiencing nostalgia too often, this habit can easily make you fall for the illusion that you used to be happier back in the old days. When things were simple, when things were, you know, easy, and life was easier back then, the good old days, the good old days. One person said this, he says, our methods will change over time. What can never change is our principles. How we bring people to Jesus, that's going to change. But the principles will never change. We will not water down this doctrine to make it easier for an individual to come to Jesus. Jesus made it very simple of what the cost is to follow him. To lay down your soul, lay down your heart, and surrender your heart over to Jesus. 
See, we got to get out of the, and stop following this is where we make it easy for people to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not easy. Because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. See, everyone wants heaven. Nobody wants to die. They don't want to sacrifice. We don't want all that. See, when Jesus started to lay down the cost to following him, what it was, man, the Bible says that many turned away and were saddened. They thought he was the, the king who overtake the Roman Empire. That's why when he came in on a donkey and they started laying down the palms uh, shouting Hosanna, he was the king. He was the coming king. But when he started to lay down the plan of salvation for them, that's when it became a little unpleasant. A little unpleasant. See, by overindulging in the past, you're moving backward instead of forward with your life. Nostalgia makes you feel good, but it also leaves you detached from your present. Who you were, that's not important. Who you are in the kingdom of God is, is where you're at. Is that where we say, you know what, God? I don't care what I was. I don't care what I did, what yard you walked, who you stabbed, how many kilos you sold, all these things. None of that, none of that glorifies God. What glorifies God is a person who stands for God. A person who has a testimony says, you know what, I love God. I walk, I walk to strive to please God. Those are the things that please God. Those are the things that are going to draw people. See, people, we live in a society now where we want to see real people. We want to see genuine. We don't want to see phony. We're so tired of people telling us who they are and they live a different life. We're so tired of that because when we see it, we exp it's exposed. And see, we live in a generation now that's unforgiving. They're quick to cancel you. They're quick to just cast you off a side. But the one thing I know is that Jesus loves you the way you are. That Jesus will accept you the way you are. The mistakes that you made, Jesus knows everything. There is nothing that you cannot bring to Jesus where it will shock him. That we would say, oh man, you know what, I, you know, if you were a level one to three sinner, that would be okay. But you're a level five sinner, I don't know about that. Whether you were like a goody-goody, you were the worst. If you were a goody-goody, you were the worst sinner of all because you thought you had no sin. At least the thief on the cross knew enough that he said, man, we deserve this. But he didn't do nothing. They knew that much. But see, the goody-goody, man, they walk around righteousness, that they're better than everybody. That they, oh, man, you know what, that I never did this, I, need, I never did that. And you know what, let me walk across the street. I don't even want to associate with that individual. God can change the goody-goody. He could change the downtrodden. He could change the Samaritan woman. He could change, transform a heart, turn a stony heart into a heart of flesh. Only God, only God can do that. So we remove from the nostalgia. See, in Paul in verse 13, he says this, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. See, we live in a, in a day and age where everybody wants to enhance of who they are, what title they have. Listen, if you want a title, 
Take this one. Servant. 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 Everyone wants, you know, there's so many titles out there. It's so easy now that, I mean, I, I just got an email yesterday that if I want to be a licensed ordained minister, I don't even have to take a test. Just pay the $130. So easy. Before, you used to have to answer three questions. Jesus, son of God. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose on the dead. Answered all three. Boom, $130. Here's your license. Now they don't even ask that no more. Just give me your $130. We're looking for real. We're looking for genuine. Genuine. The third thing is, is that you have not forgot your past is that you hold on to grudges. Grudges. Bitterness can seep in and slowly destroy your life. It will start by taking you back to the past over and over with no end in sight. You hold that grudge. Some of you are still looking for the doctor who slapped you. You're still holding that grudge. <laughs> We can't let it go. You can't let it go, you know. And this is the thing that I've discovered in families, large families. It's just like when, they, when one person hates that individual, they want everybody to hate that individual. You know? But see, the thing is, is that when we hold on to these things, we hold on to that bitterness, it prevents us from fully experiencing the best of God. Because that, that root is still there. See, the best thing that you could do is seek God is to remove the pain and to move on. Move on. This is where forgiveness is beneficial. Forgiveness is difficult, but old grudges are worse. Old grudges. Sometimes the people we hold a grudge against don't even know why we hold a grudge. They hold a grudge. You know, I remember I... I I was at a family function and there were two sisters and they were actually twins. They were twins and they weren't talking to each other. And I found out through my aunt that they hadn't talked to each other for 40 years. But they were at the same party. One sat on this side and one sat on this side. And I was curious. I was a teenager and I was curious and I asked one of them, why don't you talk to your sister? And she didn't remember. Didn't remember. She just knew that she didn't like her. And I thought that was so, as a kid, I thought, like, how is that possible? How could you not know why you hate him, but hate him? And see, one of the areas that God wants to do in our life is that he wants us to forgive, forget, and move on. And not revisiting it back. You ever, see, you ever see people who want to walk in their illness Man, they join groups and everything. It reminds me of, of, of my nephew. I, I, he was a little guy, and he was walking, and he was walking all, you know, chueco, and he had a Band-Aid on his arm. And I'm like, you know, what happened, Mio? He says, oh, I got a shot. I'm like, okay. And my sister goes, yeah, he got that shot like three weeks ago. But... 
he was still doing the whole thing. And sometimes we come to the house of God and we still want to, you know, we still carry that long look and we still carry that thing and, and, and we're not freely to forgive. We're not ready to let it go because that's the only thing we have. That's the only thing we have. And people, you want people to ask you, what's wrong? Nothing. No, what's wrong? Nothing. And you go on and you go, listen, when you're ready to talk about it, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Say, you know what, God, this hurts me. This, this is what bothers me, God. This is what, what, is, is, what I'm dealing with right now, God. This is what's taking place. And move on with your life. See, when you, if you want to experience the joy of God, if you want to experience the happiness, we need to get away from that dark cloud that we like to walk under. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves and stop feeling like nobody prays for me. Nobody talks to me. Nobody prays for me. Pastor Anthony prayed for him. Him skipped me over and went over to that person. Move on. Let's move. Let's, 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 let's walk away from that. Sometimes we just need to ignore the noise. You know, that is so hard sometimes, and you, you, you feel like your head is just spinning, and you just, you just want to scream. 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 <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but those are opportunities for us to move on and grow beyond it, and just remove that from our life. Listen, if we're still holding on to old hurts from the past, I get it. I get it. I've heard some, some horrific things, but I've also heard testimony of people who, who've experienced these things, and God was able to deliver them from that. Sometimes you can't, you can't help but show the scars. Scars that don't heal turn into keloids, those protruding scars that you will see on people. It's because they didn't have the opportunity to heal, and sometimes we wear it into the house of God, and it's visible. But when you give it to God, God is able to overtake that matter, and it's to bring a peace in your life. See, that is the thing that we must attain, is that we say, you know what, God, I press towards that. I'm forgetting the past. I'm forgetting on it. And what am I doing? I'm pressing forward. I'm moving forward. Even at the most difficult times in your life, when you are facing some of the most chaotic moments in your life, difficult situations, uh, reports that are given to you where you are uncertain of what is taking place here, God. But what you do is you place it at the feet of God and say, you know what, God, I don't know what is taking place here, but what I do know, God, is that you have everything under control. Under control. I mean, throughout the years, I've had to experience things as as a medical person had to walk into rooms with family members who were facing various, various surgeries and diseases and calmly, calmly make a decision on behalf of the family. But I always knew this, is that I could unload on God. There were many times when I would leave a room and I would go straight to the chapel and just sit there and pray and weep before God and say, God, you you have to be glorified in this, God. You have to. I remember I went to go visit Brother Larry Casillas. 
Beautiful man of God. Beautiful man of God. But I remember when I walked into that room and I went to pray with him, he had an oxygen mask on him. He had pneumonia. And I remember when I prayed with him, he pulled his mask down. He said, thank you for the prayers. But Jesus already told me he's going to be taking me home. That was a man who had an assurance that, you know what, God, I have given everything to you. But I know that my life is in your hand. My plan is in your hand. God, you have full control over everything. And he had a glorious celebration of leaving things and had a wonderful things about him that I never knew. Never knew that he smuggled in Bibles into China. Little Larry Casillas, who used to hand out candy in the, in, the, in the parking lot to people, this man was brave enough to cross the Chinese border with a backpack of Bibles in his thing. And when the Chinese soldiers went to him and asked him what's in his backpack, he started speaking in Spanish and it freaked him out. And so they got so just overwhelmed and they told him, just go ahead and go. And he brought in over 45 Bibles into China to deliver to the people. That's a man of God who had faith, said, God, I'm going to do it, God, but I know that you're going before me. See, when, we're, when we come to that point in our walk with God where we say, you know what, God, you have all matters in control, that's when we know that we're going in the right direction. Can I hear an amen? So we're pressing towards the prize. Going forward is difficult when you turn back to see what you're missing. When you look to see what you're missing, this is one of the things that blew my mind. Of all the great women of God in Scripture, of all the women, Mary, Ruth, Elizabeth, Naomi, Lois, the list goes on of all these great women of God, but only one is mentioned by Jesus to remember. Who is that? Lot's wife. Why? Because she looked back. Going forward is a whole lot harder when you keep looking back. When you keep looking to see what you're missing. When you keep checking to see what's going on without you. Don't worry about the, the old friends. Don't worry about the old girlfriend, the old boyfriend. Don't worry about what they're doing. You keep pressing forward. God has somebody for you. God has somebody better for you. Don't worry about what what you're missing out on. You need to just focus on what Jesus has in store for you. And you need to focus and press forward. So you look, I remember when the boy, when he was going down the tractor. So my question to you is, is what are you fixing your eyes on? What are you fixing your focus on, your old lifestyle, your old friends? What is causing you to veer off and lose interest? We all have moments in our walk with God, dry spots. But we also have to have those opportunities where we say, God, I'm not where I want to be. I need to get back to where I was, God. I need to get back to prayer. I need to get back to the word, God. I need to get back to sharing people, sharing with people the love of God. I need to get back to these things, God. When you look at it, it's the basics. It's the basics. Don't worry about learning Hebrew and Greek and all these things. Learn the basics. The basics is what's going to keep you on fire. The basics is what's going to keep you in line. Stand with me tonight. 
See, one of the areas that Paul mentions in Philippians chapter three, he explains it this way. He says, I want to know Christ Jesus. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, the goal Paul pressed towards, the prize, was twofold. It was to know Jesus Christ and to become like him. To become like him. I told you about that podcast I was listening to. Pastor Chris Appleton. And he said something that really, really zeroed in and it caught my attention. He said this, he said, the devil is not threatened by your faithfulness. The devil doesn't care if you serve in the house of God. The devil doesn't care if you come to church, doesn't care if you're on a worship team, you usher or do anything. He doesn't care that you're faithful. You are no threat to him in that manner. He becomes threatened when you become fruitful. When you start bearing the fruit of Christ, when you start walking in the image of Christ, when you start attaining that, that prize that Paul spoke about is suffering in his resurrection, suffering in his, 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 his sacrifice. When you start to become that person is when you become a threat to all hell. See, gone are the days where we have to decide what is more important and prioritize. The individual who prioritizes God is going to grow and be mature. Paul closes out the section in the scriptures in Philippians by identifying those who live this kind of life. He calls them mature. Those who are mature do not prize possessions. Those who are mature do not prize prosperity. Those who are mature do not prize prestige. Those who are mature do not prize pleasure. Those who are mature prize only one thing, the prince of peace. They organize their lives around the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rules their hearts and ultimately shapes their lives. They rise early in the morning thinking about Jesus. They go throughout the day thinking about Jesus. And they retire in the evening thinking about Jesus. Like Paul, they believe that to live is Christ. I want that. I want that. When I wake up, I just say, you know what? Thank you, God, for today. Because someone didn't wake up today. You know what? There are those who've yet to commit their heart to God. As the worship team plays, I'm going to ask those who have a desire to give their hearts to God just to come up forward. Just to come up. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you've... Maybe you've gone off course, maybe you've veered off to the left or to the right and you're not focused like you were and you're referring back to things of the past, things that you used to enjoy, things of those past that you just say, you know what, they, they, were, they were gratifying for a moment, 
but they were only temporary. What God wants to give you is eternal. The real deal. Not that sloppy, goppy, man, not, none of that. Just the real deal. He wants to be real in your life. Maybe you don't want to step out of your seat, but I'm going to say a prayer. And if that's you here tonight and you desire the Lord in your heart, or you're watching this live on stream and that's you here tonight, you say, you know what, Jesus, I want to, I, I want to come back to you, God. I'm going to say a prayer. If that's you here tonight.